Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 10 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. I will say for the correction, it's 13-plus years, not 10. And good evening. I'm William Hosea. In the next hour, we'll also provide our perspective on what's relevant in the African-American world of news and events and will provide an exciting dark past bright future segment all in the next hour on bring it on but first on july 11th elder derek lamont house became pastor of the lighthouse community church located at 850 east winslow road uh pastor house has an outstanding i'm sorry lighthouse um the two are sort of synonymous lighthouse has an outstanding 38 year history in the community and elder house follows a line of dynamic pastors Uh, including Anthony Thompson and our church founder, Charles Fennell. This is Pastor House's second ministerial assignment. He pastored for eight years at Higher Ground Pentecostal Church in Indianapolis. He has previously served in a variety of roles, such as minister of music, a choir director, a youth ministry president, and was formerly president of the Indiana Apostolic Bible Students Association's Ministerial Alliance. You, You held that title all at the same time. Oh, yeah. That's a long title. (laughs) Well, uh, we have invited Pastor House to join us this evening to discuss his passion for ministry, his God-given vision for Lighthouse, and his outreach goals for the community. And I will say that we've gotten now all the mistakes and hiccups out of the way. And we're so glad to have you uh, come on board tonight to, to join us, Pastor House. Thanks for having me on. Um, and I will say this this gentleman commutes on a weekly basis from Indianapolis. And anyone that shows, number one, that commitment, we our hats go off to you, especially with the construction on 37. <laughs> but when he finds himself almost stuck in traffic, he says a little prayer, and the cars part like the Red Sea, and he gets to his destination. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk a little bit about your call to the ministry. Um, what would you attribute uh, to your personal call to the ministry? Well, uh, it was over. Uh, well, I've been involved in ministry since I was 16 years old. Gave my life to the Lord at the age of 16. Made a decision in my youth uh, to follow God for the rest of my days. Uh, I've always, from the very beginning of my uh, walk with the Lord, uh, gave the Lord my life in 1983, uh, I've always been involved heavily in ministry. And so when we speak of um, callings in particular, very involved in all aspects of the ministry. And then later on in life, felt a call uh, meant to preach the gospel. Um, and so felt the call to preach the gospel. And from that point forward, I guess that must have been about mm, 13, 14 years ago now, even probably more than that. 15 time gets away from me real fast. And that call, it, well, you know, I felt a calling from God to go forward in the preaching and teaching ministry, though I had been involved in ministry for many years since my youth. And, and the call is a, an awesome call. And uh, I don't take it for granted. Would you say it was also a terrifying call once you felt that 
God's trying to tell me something? Not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to be honest with you, Clarence, not at all. Uh, because at that age and stage and at that point in my walk with God, I knew God's voice. And I, I knew there was a higher calling or there was more for me to do for God. And so uh, I wasn't surprised, so to speak. And I, I wasn't scared. I just told the Lord, hey, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. I was at that point in my maturity with my walk with God. Amen. So why why the Pentecostal church? Or, or is that where your religious roots are, or did you choose that church after growing up in a different church? One. Well, absolutely. That's actually a twofold answer to that question, William. Uh, my dad would take me to the Pentecostal Apostolic Church as a child. There was five children in my family, and me, I was the only one out of the five children, being number four of five, that my dad he saw something in me early, and he would see how I would react and how I would respond when he would take me to the Pentecostal Apostolic Church. Uh, my family was uh, grew up in a church of Christ and uh, a Christian church where my grandmother uh, um, was a, one of the founding members of this particular church. And so uh, in my earlier years, you know, we were back and forth. We were going to the Church of Christ and we were also, my dad would take me in particular to the Pentecostal Apostolic Church. Now, since uh, coming to Bloomington, you, you've mm-hmm. kind of hit the ground running. I've I've been to your church uh, maybe once or twice in my church-going career, mm-hmm. and uh, but the church really seems to be growing under your leadership. I mean, from one Sunday to the next, uh, I've been there at least two Sundays in a row, but I can see more and more people uh, at Lighthouse Community Church. Yeah, we're blessed of the Lord. Uh, yeah, I'm real excited about uh, Lighthouse. Lighthouse, as a Clarence uh, stated earlier, is, is 38 years old, and it, I think this is a very exciting time for Lighthouse uh, in this year, 2018, and going forward. So, yeah, we've seen some growth. The Lord has blessed. Uh, I think everybody wants to come over and see who this new guy is in town. Well, you know, I, I know that you have, as William adequately depicted, you hit the ground with both feet running. And you possess a great degree of energy and um, a can-do type spirit and the willingness and desire uh, to make some impactful change in the community. And speaking of the community, uh, what are just some of the issues that really weigh heavy on you as uh, you've been here now uh, since July? And I will say that during our interim that you were in rotation and preaching and ministering to members at our church. But now as you sort of um, assess things um, at this juncture, what things weigh heavy on you? Well, you know, uh, before even coming to preach at Lighthouse Community Church and before I started on the rotation, I knew that the smaller counties had an issue. There was a drug problem in all of the smaller counties. So coming down to Bloomington, I knew that that was definitely one of uh, the it was one of my concerns and I knew that there was a problem in this area and not only this area, but other smaller communities as well. So um, I have a burden and a heart for people, for the loss, for the dying. Um, and I feel like it's the, my charge and my responsibility to reach out to those communities to bring them to Christ. So, you know, that that was really you know, a burning desire for me. I love ministry. I don't care where it is. If it's in Indianapolis, if it's in Bloomington, if it's in London, if it's in Mars, I just love doing ministry. And um, I love people and I love God's people. Mm-hmm. You know, on that on that same vein, uh, as far as the things that weigh heavy, you, you did mention um, the sort of drug 
pandemic uh, around our country, mm-hmm. and, and in particular here in southern Indiana. Um, and I understand that you had a conversation with the mayor of Bloomington and sort of expressed that. Uh, what was his uh, response uh, as you talked about that? Absolutely. I did get a chance to meet with the Honorable Mayor of Bloomington, and I must say that it was a pleasure to meet him. He's a very kind and generous uh, man. Um, you know, I had a chance to mention that to him and uh, because I asked him the question, I said, you know, what can Lighthouse Church do to assist in the community? And I knew, again, that there was a, a drug pandemic going on in the area. And it is my desire and my hope to start a Christian 12-step program. Step. But to answer your question in particular, uh, he did acknowledge that that is an issue uh, in the area and uh, that it was a concern of his as well. And he welcomed the idea, uh, and he was very excited about the idea that Lighthouse wants to be involved in the recovery. That's awesome. Um, Mayor Hamilton has been on the show a few times. In fact, we're gonna be interviewing him again uh, next month uh, on the 15th of October. But one of his passions is addressing the uh, affordable housing issue here in Bloomington. Now, I know as pastor of Lighthouse, you know, it's going to take you a little bit of time to to uh, tackle everything that you want to do. But do you see the church playing any kind of role in that issue, just in assisting or partnering with with the city in, in any capacity? It's funny you ask that question because that that is one of the top things he mentioned when I was yeah, in the oh, meeting yeah. with him about affordable housing. So I can certainly tell that that was a passion of his. Um, yeah, I think the church does play a role in that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I know uh, one of my desires as we grow and as we um, begin to work in the community under my leadership, I would love to see us get involved in transitional housing. For both men and women, because oftentimes what happens is we 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 always state what the problems are, but then the church needs to have solutions and answers uh, for those, not only for people's spiritual needs, but also uh, for their natural needs as well. So I would love to see us get involved in transitional housing for both men and women and families. Um, yeah, I would love to see us get involved in that because I understand that the homeless rate also in Bloomington has gone up. And there's a few reasons for that. You know, we get uh, Bloomington has a lot of uh, social programs. And and so we get a certain uh, portion of our population is is transient. You know, people get dropped off here to take advantage of the social programs that Bloomington has. So it's not all, you know, uh, 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 a local population that's attributing to the homeless problem here. Well, that's a good thing because uh, people know there's help in Bloomington. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, there people know that there's there's help in Bloomington, and so and, and you know, and, and that's and that's good, and that's one of the reasons why I would like to see Lighthouse uh, partner more. You know, continue to partner with the mayor and the city of Bloomington to see how we can be a lighthouse in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that along with a transient group of individuals who who really have, in a lot of cases, been dropped off a, a fair number of them. Uh, there are also some mental issues that people have been grappling right. with, and um, some of that uh, attributed to, uh, say, drug abuse or whatever. But then again, some just have some mental issues. So, uh, and, and as you mentioned, uh, I think, William, you mentioned that Bloomington has some good programs. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. Uh, but there's much, much more that we can do and other communities can do. and. Um, 
every day when you see people literally walking with all their belongings, either in a backpack yeah. or in a, in a shopping cart or a grocery bag, if that doesn't pull at your strings, then, um, you know, it's it goes back to the love of Christ. He said, when you saw me in these in these different states and in, in this um, sort of marginalized state, mm-hmm. uh, you extended love to me and uh, through helping those who were uh, marginalized. So uh, we all look forward uh, to those type of uh, uh, interventions. You know, in, in the in the ministry, and this is not your first time. This is uh, your second um, uh, minister, ministerial assignment. Uh, along with all the other host of things you've done and all the assistance you've rendered at other churches. In ministry, there are what people can be uh, can define as uh, joys, triumphs, and heartbreaks. And let's take them one by one. Uh, what would you list as uh, some of your notable joys in the ministry? Yesterday was just a prime example. I was just grinning from ear to ear at awe of the mighty service we had at Lighthouse yesterday. We had six young men get baptized yesterday. Mm -hmm. And one other young lady gave her life to the Lord. All teens, all young people. And that is my greatest joy out of pastoring, out of ministry, is to see souls come to the Lord and not only just come to the Lord, but being transformed. And that that's just that's my greatest joy. If I was to list the number one thing, that is my greatest joy. I love to see souls converted and come to Christ. You know, I think of uh, youth who are bombarded with things that, frankly, when we were young, we weren't. Uh, right. And I scratch my head to try to remember when I was bombarded on a daily basis with some of the visual imagery and hearing some of the negativity and. Uh, uh, nothing that helps lift me up, but things that just help, um, you know, get me stretched out or or just brought down. But uh, youth are going through some incredible, incredible pressures these yes, days, are. and so you see that manifested through suicide attempts and uh, runaways and this, that, and the other. Um, but I know in the Word it talks about, you know, the truth shall, shall set you free, and uh, that's one of, one of the wonderful things of the gospel. It's a liberating power. Uh, do you see in your vision for Lighthouse, and we'll talk a little bit more about this a little a little bit further in this conversation, but uh, reaching the youth where they are, and what ways, uh, have you thought of any ways to do that? Well, I think there's multiple ways to do it. And I was really, you know, only being in the city for, I think, two months now, mm-hmm. I've really been assessing things and just kind of, you know, checking things out uh, just to see, you know, what we can do for all populations, but in particular the youth. Uh, yeah, I want to get programs involved. Young people need to be busy. They right. need to be doing things. If they're not busy doing something positive, they're certainly going to find something negative to do. But young people have a lot of energy, and that energy needs to be used toward things that are fruitful and things that are productive. And so as it relates to youth ministries, I would like to see our church uh, grow and and to begin to develop uh the youth department under mm-hmm. good and positive leadership and be able to develop programs and things that are necessary uh, to keep them busy and to keep them active, but not just spiritually, not just in the church walls, because uh, I think we need to oftentimes get outside of the church walls. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we need to um, also um, get out into the communities 
as we've been trying to really uh, push uh, for even IU students to come to church, you know, trying to get the word out. Uh, young people. I love young people. As a matter of fact, we just started um, our Sunday school uh, Christian education empowerment classes on yesterday. And out of all the classes I could have taught, <laughs> I wanted to teach the millennials. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my choice, you know, because I could choose. And, and I chose them because I love young people. Uh, because I remember when I was uh, young and I thought I knew everything. And I'm 52 and I still don't you, know you everything. Mean you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 52 and I still don't know everything. But uh, I would like to develop programs, uh, good positive programs, both in the church and outside of the church. And, and another thing I think, you know, just to kind of speak of something we talked about earlier, um, I think the church also is not able to provide all, everything from a natural perspective, but I think we need to partner with other agencies and not-for-profits to deliver what is needed. Well, thank you for uh, providing a transition to my next question. Okay, great. Um, so I want to go back to the community aspect of, uh, of uh, some of the things that you can do. I'm heavily involved in, in working in the community. And uh, as you well know, we live in a time when the clock is being turned back where we see not only an erosion of uh, civil rights and equality, but both are under constant attack. Um, so in addition to ministering to the community and saving souls, do you think that the church has a responsibility to be involved in, in uh, issues like uh, social justice and not only the church as an institution, but maybe uh, convincing uh, your members to get involved. And some of them already are. But what, how do you see the church's role of responsibility on that issue? I'm glad you asked that question. That's a good question. Uh, when I was in the meeting uh, with Mayor Hamilton uh, on last week, uh, that was uh, one of the things that I mentioned to him. When I was, uh, I'm 52 years old. When I was raised in church and brought up in the church, it was at a time where um, we didn't really get too involved with uh, politics and things outside of the church. I think now uh, that um, you know I'm coming to Bloomington, I'll be moving here eventually. Um, I I feel a need to get involved. Uh, as a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, William, as you know, you brought uh, Liz Watson, who's running uh, for Congress uh, by my office. I had a chance to meet her, and. Um, still trying to see you know where i can fit in the puzzle not only mm-hmm. in the church but outside the church walls i think that the religious community and we need to be involved in policy and things that are being decided because <laughs> those policies affect us and so uh how can you have make policies for people and they're not involved in the decision making so I think it's very important that the church needs to start, you know, kind of getting involved with um, more of the community and, and the politics and, and whatever the, the community. I guess I can just say the community at large. You know, we had a uh, an event at City Hall this past Saturday, the Power of the Black Vote. One of the panel members was uh, Pastor Bruce Rose from Second Baptist Church, and I, I posed the same question to him, and he responded very much the same way that that, that you just did. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of refreshing to hear uh, members of the clergy 
from our community to respond that way to, to these types of issues. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's time. It's the new day. And I must be honest with you. I always try to be honest and transparent. I've never really been interested in doing anything like this. But, you know, Bloomington is fresh and it's new for me. And I think this would be a perfect opportunity for me uh, to delve in and see what I can do to make a difference. I want to piggyback on something William just said uh, in talking with a fellow clergyman uh, in Bloomington. Do you, and I, I know the answer, but I'm just going to ask anyway. One thing that I would like to see more of personally is partnering with other churches in Bloomington. Uh, we all have common uh, challenges, uh, especially in areas with the youth. Uh, I'm just thinking if we could put our minds collectively together, some wonderful programming can take place. Um, there are sports in high school and, and junior high, but I remember a time when the churches themselves had leagues, uh, bowling leagues or volleyball or basketball leagues, uh, and those served a great purpose. It, it kept, on a Saturday, uh, young people focused and uh good fellowship and all those things. So hopefully as we progress, uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by things like that. One thing we did do years ago, an historical uh, little tidbit for Lighthouse, um, long before we were in that building, we had the Bloomington Community Choir. Mm. And our former uh, choir director was um, uh, Cheryl Lane, uh, who is now um, uh, Cheryl Hunt. Yes. She would reach through this Headset smacked me up the head if I didn't know that <laughs> name, but Shara Hunt, and she led that choir. Our guest artist was Keith Pringle. Oh, nice! And we wow. sung, of course, his 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 hits, uh, and we sung at the uh, at the time I believe it was the Presbyterian. Well, it was may at the, maybe at the time Sherwood Oaks Church, which was where mm -hmm. we are now mm -hmm. at Lighthouse Community Church. Wow! And so the the, the irony. The spiritual irony of that, where we once uh, went and had a collective multi-church choir, and it was sort of short-lived, which is mm -hmm. kind of uh, the part that I hope can change, but it was such uh, an uplifting experience, and, and at times over the years, we've gotten together for watch night services with other churches in the area, and those are always positive things. Um, if you've just tuned in, you had the pleasure of hearing um, the Lighthouse Community Church has uh, uh, recently um, uh, installed pastor, Eric, Elder Derek Lamont House. Uh, the Lighthouse Church is at 850 East Winslow Road, and we've been talking about just ways by which um, he can get more active and, and get our church and other churches collectively together to, to do good things in the community, to do good things for Christ. And um, uh, we talked about Three of the, uh, we mentioned three of the things that uh, every pastor probably can uh, uh, associate with. One, we talked about the joys. Mm -hmm. Now I'd like for you to talk a little bit about the triumphs that you've experienced as, uh, as a pastor. Do you mind if I rewind for just one second? Yes, certainly. Okay, I would like to see all the churches in Bloomington get together for a Thanksgiving service. That'd be awesome. That's been on my mind. And, um, you know, being new in the city, I, I've met a couple of the pastors, but I still have some more pastors yet to meet. So maybe that'd be something we can plan for next year. But I'd like for us to get together uh, on um, Thanksgiving around that time to come together to uh, celebrate and thank God for his goodness. Uh, as it relates to the, the, the triumphs, oh, wow, there are so many 
that God, God, I'm just God has just been merciful and He has just really blessed us. And one of the triumphs is coming to Bloomington, you know, and, and you know, becoming the the pastor of a Lighthouse Community Church. Um, I've never, I've always been appointed to everything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, my gift has always made room for me, like the scripture states. And uh, this particular um, coming to Bloomington, I had to, you know, interview and apply and so on and so forth and go through in several interviews, et cetera. And uh, to be, um, if you allow me just to use this for a moment, the last man standing, that was uh, what an honor and, and what a blessing. And um, I'm humbled uh, by the congregation's um, decision to uh, choose me. So definitely a triumphant moment for me. All right. And then there's always that uh, that other thing, that that one thing that gets seldom talked about. But <laughs> certainly in this uh, vocation, in this call, there have been a lot of heartbreaks. And sometimes I must, I might kind of just surmise that maybe by design, God has a way of uh, bringing in certain things and embedding them in us and taking them out through heartbreak. But can you talk a little bit about the heartbreaks that you've uh, that you care to share with us that you've experienced while that, in the ministry that would take a whole month's radio show for well, me to really, de- back next week. <laughs> to really delve into all that because I mean life that's just part of it right joy's part of it you know triumph is part of it and heartaches is part of it I remember I was passing it uh, pastoring excuse me in Indianapolis and there was a young lady who God had delivered from drugs and she was delivered for a long period of time and um, the day that she chose to go back the one day she chose to go back to get back involved with drugs she didn't come out alive Hmm. and uh, that hurt me greatly greatly and um, I think that stands out Mm -hmm. over all the things that I've been through uh, that really stands out and so um, yeah you know it's it's part of the course Right. You know, unfortunately, you know, and but um, I definitely must say the good days outweigh the bad days. That's right. Very popular song. Mm-hmm. And oh, I won't complain. I won't <laughs> complain. If I had a piano, I'd play it, but I'll spare all the listeners of that torture. Amen. <laughs> now, um, since assuming the responsibilities as a pastor of the church, I know this is not something that you you can do on your own. Do you want to say anything about your staff? Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because I was going to give a shout out at the end of if you didn't ask me no, that question. You can shout it out. <laughs> now, before you start, if you dare omit one person, I'll try to help you remember yeah, who. That, that was a <laughs> setup. <laughs> we thank God for our Christian education. No. <laughs> but we're so excited. Uh, uh, there's a man um, that's been there a very long time, and it certainly has been the glue. Uh, that has kept things together. And of course, this radio broadcast would not give me enough time to just throw all these wonderful accolades uh, on him. I don't even know if you know out there if he's even, he's a preacher, y'all. Uh, one of the hosts of this show, uh, William, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elder Clarence Boone. <laughs> William's on his way to preach. But uh, yes. <laughs> Elder Clarence Boone, uh, who's the assistant pastor of Lighthouse has been, was the interim pastor for the year and a half, I believe. Uh, there was a, a, a pastor. He uh, definitely want to give him a shout out. Um, he's just been 
a great person to work with and easy to work with and his beautiful family. They're just beautiful people. And um, of course, want to give a shout out um, to our Christian education director, uh, William Hosea's wife. Her name is, uh, I call her Dr. Wanda Hosea, who yes. is, is yes. another elder and leader in our church. I call her boss. You call her boss, yeah. She's smiling right now, <laughs> but she's probably texting a message here. <laughs> you know, I think about Liz, you know, and Gov, and I'm starting to name names. You get yourself in trouble when you start naming names. But uh, Help I just out, think <laughs> uh, Liz Franklin, <laughs> Governor Franklin. I, I just I love the hope to congregate. Everybody's important, and everybody is great in their own right. I mean, everybody brings something to the table. We're all diverse, and 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 uh, everybody is just you know. I've never. I'm not going to get on a tangent, but I have never. I don't think ever been in a situation where I have felt so appreciated, and have felt so loved. Uh, I mean, it seems like. Everybody is just in support and everybody is just loving on me and everybody is so welcoming. And if I have any enemies in there, I wouldn't know who they are because they have been so sweet and so loving. And I thank God. Well, on that note, um, I can go on and on and, and I, I can see the faces and I know the names of those who've uh, helped. I know that we uh, stream uh, the services and uh, Sister Lorianne Curry has been instrumental in that department. Yes. And um of course, have wonderful board members, and, and again, just like I said, if you omit one name, so I will say we have wonderful, we have the world's best ushers, mm -hmm. and we have some of the world's best elders. And so, members. And members. <laughs> Without the members, we'd be in a world of hurt, but uh, I do want to mention something. I'm going to take a pause uh, during this interview right now to just say that for 25 years, uh, WFHB Firehouse Broadcasting has brought listeners in southern Indiana and beyond diverse music and news. And in 2001, our news and public affairs department got off the ground. And we've since aligned the walls of our studios at the John Waldron in downtown Bloomington with awards. Bring It On won a Society of Professional Journalists uh, for, Indi for the Indiana Chapter Award for Best Public Affairs Program. And the station's proud of what we do, and we're proud of being affiliated with WFHB. But it doesn't happen without community support from listeners like you. It's WFHB's Fall Fund Drive, and we're asking folks to call 812-323-1200. Again, 812-323-1200. And you can also donate securely on our website at WFHB.org. Again, uh, that number is 812 323-1200 and we're looking for callers right now and um, we know that having Pastor House on has boosted our ratings and listenership for today hint, hint, so. wink, wink so get on the <laughs> not, phone not smile, to mention the money and the money so <laughs> smile and dial 812-323-1200 and now let's uh, go back to a conversation with Pastor House we've talked about the joys, triumphs and heartbreaks and I think we all felt that last story, um, just pouring so much into an individual and and our, our hope and prayers that that person is in the hands of a loving God, which we pray and hope. Um, let's talk about the mission, vision uh, that you have for Lighthouse. Um, you, you've gone through, as you mentioned, several rounds of interviews and you came down to minister to us. Uh, um, you know, in rotation, and has always done a wonderful job. Um, we knew from the first day that you were our, that you are a worshiper. My gosh, this man will worship his heart out, and I think that is truly fulfilling the secret of getting to God's heart. 
but will you share with us the mission vision that you have for Lighthouse Community Church? Uh, yeah, there's so much on my mind, and as God has been downloading so much uh, to me for Lighthouse. We're going to be rolling out Vision 2019 in November, where we're going to be rolling out what you know I believe God's plan is for Lighthouse uh, for the year of 2019. But one of the visions is, uh, and and the mission is to to become exactly what our name is—a lighthouse in the community, a place where people can come and where they can be empowered and enriched and taught the word of God and, 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 and taught how to live for God. That's one of my greatest visions, that souls will be added to the church daily, such as should be saved as the scripture states. Another thing is not only am I looking for so, you, there's several, okay, there's inreach and there's outreach. And what we're doing right now is we're doing a lot of inreach. What we're doing is making sure that all the people in the house are good and making sure that everybody in the house is on one accord and everybody in the house is strengthened. And the, I mean by in the house is also already members of the church. And then outreach, you know, then once we're empowered within our walls, then we leave there to serve, to lead and to serve. And so many things on my, I want to get the Christian 12 steps going next year. Um, there's a Christian 12-step program for those because that's a need in the community. We've already forced what, what, that. What's that focus again? The Christian twelve steps. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like NA, like Narcotics Anonymous, but okay. it's a Christian platform and Christian twelve steps as opposed uh, to a secular platform. You know, my my wife got up one Saturday morning. I uh, said, uh, "Where you headed?" She said, "Well, we're going to meet up with Pastor House, and we're going to canvas the neighborhood." And she came back several hours later and said they knocked on quite a few doors. Uh, but my question is, what? is the return and the canvassing and that whole effort at when you go canvassing the neighborhood i'm so glad you mentioned that you you've been glad about all my questions so far I, i'm glad uh, yeah i'm just glad to be here okay <laughs> i was a glad brother <laughs> so uh elder boone of course and uh elder wanda hosea we and we took a team out sister boone etc and uh, we had one soul that was baptized as a result. Is that right? So we might have handed out, I don't know, maybe 100 flyers or so. Mm -hmm. We were able to touch at least one heart. Mm -hmm. And she came and was baptized. That was worth the effort. It started raining. Did it start raining while we it, were out? It would rain yeah. throughout. Mm -hmm. And we also, along with that soul coming and giving her life to Christ, um, through baptism, we prayed for a number of people. We did. As we went out too. So we, we were able to touch a number of souls and um, you know, the thing about it, sometimes you sow a seed and, and just as with farming or planting, you don't see a harvest right away. Mm -hmm. It may take um, it may take a half a year. It may take a year, but someone remember that they came by they prayed with me or they came by and they gave me some good news uh, while I was going through or just gave me some good news. I mean, there were instances where mothers opened the door and babies are crying and screaming in the background that she may have had a baby in one arm, but yet here we are handing her a track and praying. She's just so appreciative. So, you know, those, uh, those seeds that you sow, again, the harvest comes, it comes in because his word that. doesn't return void. It comes in. Many seeds were planted. You're absolutely correct. And it's, it's funny you say that, speaking of seeds, um, we had five students come from IU last Sunday, and they had seen a flyer of an event that 
had already passed. And they came as a result of just seeing that flyer. So we're planting seeds. We're definitely trying to get out there with social media. Social media, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, check us out, by the fact, a shout out. Check us out on Facebook. We're on Lighthouse Community Church, under Lighthouse Community Church. Also, Instagram, Lighthouse Community Church. So, check us out. Uh, both uh, worship services and Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Worship services and Bible study. Can I go ahead and advertise for tonight, too, while I'm on here? Um, yes, and then we're going to transition in just a few moments um, uh, away from this interview to a song. But, uh, yes, sir, by all means. Tonight, and you still have time to get there, we're having a special prayer service tonight. If there's anybody who would like to be baptized, anybody who wants more of God, anybody who would like to learn more of God, we're going to be at the church at 7 p.m. tonight uh, for one hour. So you're welcome to come out and join us. Please do. And I know to get him there within that hour span of time, I promise to get him out in a good good time from this interview. But we uh, just want to thank you for for coming over here today, sir. Any last words before we officially conclude this? I want to thank uh, you, William, and uh, Clarence for having me on the show. I feel honored. I feel privileged. Uh, I'm here to work, so I'm here to serve the uh, Monroe County and the surrounding area. So, hey, come by Lighthouse Community Church at 850 East Winslow. Come by and meet me, and we can see what we can talk about, see what we can do to assist you in your walk with the Lord. Okay, and on that note, for our listening audience, We want to thank Pastor Derek House of the Lighthouse Community Church for joining us this evening to discuss his passion for ministry, his God-given vision for Lighthouse, and his outreach goals for the community. Bring It On has an open submission policy, so if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email directly to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringiton at wfhb.org.
Well, in the background, you're listening to Thomas Whitfield's He Satisfies. And this was from his Alive and Satisfied CD project. His skills as a keyboardist, composer, singer, songwriter, arranger, pianist, choir director, and producer earned him the respectable title of maestro by many of his colleagues and supporters, best known for helping to shape the fabric of contemporary gospel music with his elaborate choral arrangements and for producing best-selling records for Vanessa Bell Armstrong, Shirley Caesar, Yolanda Adams, Douglas Miller, Keith Pringle, Paul Morton, and, and for the late Aretha Franklin. The Alive and Satisfied Project, while his final work perpetuated his legacy. And as we mentioned uh, earlier, this is fun drive uh, time for Yay! WFHB. This is a celebratory time. Yeah. And, you know, donations are the lifeblood for community-supported radio. We only get to do this, what, once or twice a year? That's right. And so that money is, is crucial to just for day-to-day operations for the uh, the staff that we have here. They're not going to get rich working here. And these guys and these uh, men and women work their butts off. And while they get enriched <laughs> while working here, uh, we want to one day correct that so they can get uh, monetarily uh, blessed, as we might say. Um, the one thing that... William, um, you know we've been doing bringing on for over 13 years uh, as we go into this next October. Yeah, I think um, eight for me. Eight for William, and, and I've been here for 13 plus an additional uh, seven years uh, doing a gospel programmer programming uh, show, uh, Sounds of Inspiration, here at WFHB, and, and truly was uh, fortunate to do that. This station has allowed us to have a platform and to have a voice, uh, a voice of um, challenge, a voice of um, uh, celebrating and congratulating wonderful achievements in the city of Bloomington. And there are not too many uh, cities that will do that. And um, you can show your appreciation today by picking up your phone and dialing 812-323-1200. And of course, you can give safely, securely online at www.wfhb.org. Now, I want to start things off. I want to pledge a challenge of $100 uh, tonight, uh, and I want people to call. I want people to sort of match that. You've listened to a dynamic, wonderful interview and um, by a gentleman who wants to uh, help shape and mold a better Bloomington. And so we want you to help shape and mold a better radio station and, and, and broadcast here on WFHB. You could just simply do that again. You have we have cell phones. You could just either call or you could send us a text or or not a text, but you could email us. But eight one two three two three twelve hundred. William, since your involvement here, uh, what have you uh, found as your as as your joy? Uh, my joy in working here is the people that I meet. I mean, you know how many different people we've interviewed either by phone or live and and it has really enriched my life and also just in case people are wondering where the money goes um, bring it on and WFHB I'm gonna speak to bring it on specifically but we have really come a long way uh, over the years these awards uh, that we're winning and the program actually reaches across the country we're not syndicated but uh we reach across the country through live streaming just as during our last interview pastor house uh, uh said he received a text from someone in tennessee who was listening that's right and i know i have uh, my family members across country uh to tune in from time to time and to hear what we're, what we're talking about 
And so to our family and friends out there, it's Family and Friends Hour here, 6 o'clock to 7 on WFHB. Please smile and dial 812-323-1200 or give safely, securely, uh, to your heart's content, knowing that it's all going to a worthy cause at www.wfhb.org. Uh, we have, as William uh, said, we've talked to some very, some a lot of very fascinating individuals through the years, and several we've had a number of times. Um, but it's it's amazing just calling someone and maybe talking to their handlers can get us to talk to someone like a Joe Madison. Uh, you know, doing that likewise can get us to talk to someone like a Tony Dungy um, and, or Tavis Smiley. Or a Tavis Smiley. Um, and William's great delight will be one day to talk to someone named Donald. Uh, well, anyway, we've talked to a lot of people. and uh, You we, went there. I, I went there. I had to. It's not a show without talking about 45 every now and then. But if you want to donate $45 uh, to bring it on tonight, um, 812-323-1200. Okay, we're going to begin to go back to the show here. Yes, this is Bring It On, the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? If so, you're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Simply go to twitter.com and search for WFHB News. So you can always visit our news website at wfhb.org slash news. Bringing on is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at wfhb.org. Well, it's time now to give you the latest perspective on the people, news, and issues affecting the African-American community for bringing on on Clarence Boone. Well, I'll go ahead and kick it off with... uh, a story about uh, a police shooting in Dallas, Texas. Texas law enforcement officials Sunday arrested a Dallas police officer in connection with a manslaughter warrant after she fatally shot one of her neighbors, a black man, in his apartment last week. Amber Geiger was booked into the Kaufman County Jail about 7.20 p.m. Sunday, according to online records. She posted a $300,000 bond and was released, jail officials said. And here's the meat of the story. The 30-year-old Geiger, who was white, fatally shot 26-year-old Botham John on Thursday. Lawyers for John's family had been calling for Geiger's arrest, saying the fact that she had remained free days after the shooting showed she was receiving favorable treatment. Police said that Geiger, a four-year veteran of the force, told investigators she was returning home from her shift Thursday night and accidentally entered John's apartment. Geiger believed John was an intruder and shot him, police said. And police have released a few other details. Now, there, there's a whole lot more uh, yeah. written to that story, but yeah. here's my take on it. Yeah. I, ain't, I ain't having it. Well, number one, I'm thinking, okay... You routinely go to your apartment day in, day out. And tonight you misjudge what floor you're on. And then my question is, she said she entered. How did she yeah. get in? That, that That's a nagging question. And and then another question on the way over, I heard, um, you know, it, it's on cable news network now, but I heard uh, someone commenting that, well, she said she shot him because he did not follow her directives. Or her orders. Uh, like you said, there, there's so much 
again, here we go again. Well, l- l- let me add this also. I, I read another article uh, where the reporter interviewed one of the neighbors. Now, this mm-hmm. guy had a welcome mat at his door with a half moon on it. And so if you're walking up to the door and something like that doesn't uh, just send a signal to your brain that this is not my welcome mat, therefore not my apartment, there's something else going on. There's something more to the story, um, especially when she says she entered, which did she knock at her own apartment door for someone to open the door? I highly highly believe that he did not have his door unlocked for her to turn the doorknob to enter. There's more to this story, and and that's the most unfortunate. There's sort of a dual story here that we uh, caught. Um, we're calling uh, Kaepernick uh, and building an emotional news, uh, new Nike ad amid controversy. Um, Alana Viaganis from the Huffington Post wrote that Colin Kaepernick just tweeted a powerful full-length advertisement for Nike. And the two-minute ad features clip of iconic athletes such as tennis player Serena Williams, basketball star LeBron James, and soccer player Megan uh, Rapinoe. Uh, the ad also features some lesser-known athletes who have beaten extraordinary odds, like Shaquine Griffin, the one-handed football player who was recently drafted into the NFL. If And quoting here, if people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what you think you can do, good, stay that way, Kaepernick says in the ad and he goes on to say because what non-believers fail to understand is that calling a dream crazy is not an insult it's a compliment so the ad did air apparently during the NFL's uh, uh, season opener and much to rave reviews and to some who uh, were very negative um, we mentioned 45 earlier and uh, he had some disparaging things to say about Nike for airing the ad he said it's uh, he said it was in poor taste. He said that it was it should not have been added. Um, and again, he's saying that people should boycott and that Nike will go down. But Nike earned forty three million worth of media exposure, and people are buying a whole lot of shoes out there. I'm gonna buy a pair for my grandsons. All right. But anyway, um, before we go to the next story, just want to mention again, it's WFHB's Fall Fun Drive. And we're asking folks to call 812-323-1200. You can also donate securely on our WFHB website, WFHB.org. And we have one uh, challenge gift, Dan. So we need people to pick up the phone and dial. A $100 match to anything coming in. Uh, Well, $100 has been put on the table. I want you to match it. So smile and dial. And this last story, um, an Australian cartoonist is standing by his cartoon of Serena Williams that perpetuates the racist and sexist angry black woman trope. Mark Knight, the editorial cartoonist for the Herald Sun in Melbourne, dismissed social media criticism of his drawing, which mocks the tennis legend after her loss to Naomi Osaka at Saturday's U.S. Open final. In the cartoon, Williams is depicted with an exaggerated face and body jumping on her smashed racket with a pacifier nearby. In the background, a blonde opponent who may or may not represent Osaka faces a chair umpire who who pleads, can you just let her win? Now, once again, there's a whole lot more in print to that story, but we can stop right there and just point out maybe some of the obvious uh, uh, racism oh, and stereotypes. Certainly. 
Uh, of course, it's, it's radio. Uh, we can't see the picture. But, but, but just imagine uh, something that is uh, so disparaging that uh, it's meant more to um, to make fun of her as opposed to just make a statement. But here's a woman who was ranked who was ranked number one or one or two in the in the world had a child and lost that high lost that ranking lost that ranking. Then the other week, she was told that her attire was inappropriate to play tennis in and that she had to change. Then uh, there was a, a questionable call in the recent match that she lost uh, to Osaka uh, in, and, and that was sort of this big controversy. But recall when um, but tennis great uh, McEnroe would have a, 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 a fit every match that he was held up as one of the greatest tennis players ever. You know, I was listening to a new one news program this morning, and uh, one of the the uh, contributors was saying that very same judge had an issue with Venus Williams uh, over the same uh, the same type of call, and Venus Williams ended up telling him uh, that no, I'm not being coached uh, from the stands. Well. That was a look at African-American headline news from around the world for this week. Tune in again next week Next week for the latest news on and for the African-American community. We want to know what you think of current black issues. Send your comments to bring it on at WFHB.org. Um. If you have an event... Or happening the African-American community should know about, please send the info directly to Bring It On uh, staff. Or if you want additional information about a calendar item that you've heard tonight, you can contact us at bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to thank Pastor Derek House of the Lighthouse Community Church for joining us this evening to discuss his passion for ministry, his God-given vision for Lighthouse, and his outreach goals for the community. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone with help from WFHB News Department Director Wes Martin. Our board engineer is Wes Martin. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effiam with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm William Hosea. And I'm Clarence Boone. Be sure to tune in next Monday, September 17th at 6 o'clock p.m. for another edition of Bring It On here on your community radio station, WFHB. And don't forget to pick up that dial Pick up and dial and smile, 812-323-1200, and make your pledge tonight. And uh, I'm going to check as I leave to see if there have been any calls to match uh, the challenge that I've laid down. Uh, It's still not too late. Um, Pick up the phone and give us a call. And... um, Show us how much you appreciate the things we do. We hate to, to say, well, you know, we, if you like us, pay us. No. And if you like us, invest in us. Uh, the station is doing a wonderful job, and, and the support goes a long way. And it's through donations such as through our fund drive that serves, as William said earlier, the lifeblood of the station. Uh, WFHB has a proud history. WFHB has more than met the need in the community, has won numerous awards for community um, um, impact, and we just want you now during this time to pick up the phone and dial 812-323-1200 
Or some of you have those fancy phones, you can just say, dial 812-322-1200, and it'll do it. Or you can go online and give safely and securely at www.wfhb.org. Until next week, thanks for tuning in, and thanks for supporting WFHB.